Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for November 26th, 2023. We are starting Advent a week early this year, so for us it is the season of Advent. Please join in our call to worship. In God's house we can be joyful, we can be grateful, we can be hopeful. In God's house, we can be weary, we can be anxious, we can be grieving. In God's house, we can be honest, inspired or tired, delighted or doubtful, connected or curious, and everything in between. This is God's house. You are welcome exactly as you are. Let us worship our loving God. Loving God, the source of our joy, as we turn our hearts toward worship, we ask that you would soften us, soften the calluses on our hearts, weave yourself between the cracks in our spirits, and plant hope where there is room. And as you do this, like flowers toward the sun, we will turn ourselves toward you, eager to hear a word so good that we cannot help but ask ourselves, how can this be? With openness and gratitude we pray. Amen.
Let us pray. Gracious God, you carry us through our days. You know every word on our tongue, every hair on our head. You know the dreams in our hearts and the weight of our bones. You also know the weariness we bring with us into the morning and into this space. So with honesty we come before you, both with hearts full of gratitude and with prayer requests on our lips. First, Holy God, we thank you for the gifts of this life that give energy, for birthday candles and sunrises, for handwritten cards and jobs that we are passionate about, for stories that can make us laugh until we cry, and for friends that feel like family. For all these gifts, thank you. In addition to these prayers of gratitude, loving God, we also bring to you the things that weigh heavy on our hearts. For gun violence, for family and friends in chemotherapy, for seasons of transition and grief that won't let us go, we ask for your attention. We ask for your love and care. Take this yoke from us. Relieve some of the burden on our backs and wrap your arms around places where we feel most tender. And as we enter into this new Advent season, a season marked with joy, hope, and light, we ask that you would remind us that our full humanity is welcome here. There is room for both joy and grief. There is room for weariness and awe. There is room for faith and doubt, for nothing is too big or too far gone for your love to reach it. So with hope in our hearts, we unite our voices once more to pray the words your Son taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Luke 1, 5-23 In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah, who belonged to the priestly order of Abijah. His wife was a descendant of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both of them were righteous before God, living blamelessly according to all the commandments and regulations of the Lord. But they had no children, because Elizabeth was barren, and both were getting on in years. Once when he was serving as priest before God and his section was on duty, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and offer incense. Now at the time of the incense offering, the whole assembly of the people was praying outside. Then there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was terrified, and fear overwhelmed him. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. 
Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He must never drink wine or strong drink. Even before his birth, he will be filled with the Holy Spirit. He will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. With the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah said to the angel, How will I know that this is so? For I am an old man, and my wife is getting on in years. The angel replied, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak, until the day these things occur. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondered at his delay in the sanctuary. When he did come out, he could not speak to them, and they realized that he had seen a vision in the sanctuary. He kept motioning to them and remained unable to speak. When his time of service was ended, he went to his home. How does a weary world rejoice? We admit our weariness. I would suspect that Zechariah was a weary man. He had served the Lord for ages, it seems. He had been married to his good wife Elizabeth for ages. He had waited for a child for ages as well, but there was no child. He was sure there would be no child. All he could see before him was more of the same, more serving, more aging, with no hope of anything else. There are times like this for everyone. Maybe it's a time of illness. You feel rotten and you don't see any hope of feeling better. Or maybe it's a time of unemployment. Nothing will destroy a person's self-esteem faster than being turned down for a job again and again. Maybe it's a time of sorrow or grief where you feel you can hardly put one foot in front of the other and it takes all you have just to keep going. For some of us, it may be the world situation Wars, conflicts, starvation, oppression, with no real hope of seeing any change. Or maybe it is closer to home, a grandchild or a child about whom you are concerned, but whom you feel powerless to help. In any case, darkness and weariness rule the day. Ernie Pyle was a Pulitzer Prize-winning American journalist who became a World War II reporter on the front lines of the Pacific Theater. He spent time in the trenches with the troops and was exposed to the worst of the fighting and destruction. He was killed by enemy fire near the end of the war in Okinawa. 
Shortly before his death, he wrote to a friend, If you have any light, shine it in my direction. God knows that I have run out of light. Many souls in our world can relate to Ernie Pyle. They've run out of light. I think Zechariah was in a similar spot. He had run out of light. Weariness had set in, and it wasn't going anywhere. But I think he had come to terms with his childless state. In fact, I believe he had accepted it so completely that even an angel from God had a time convincing him otherwise. Can't you just hear Zechariah's unspoken thoughts? Do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. After all these years of hoping and trying, now when it's way too late, your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will name him John. Seriously? Get real, man. You will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. That will be the day. Well, I will believe it when I see it. Then, after the angel continues to prophesy for another half-paragraph, looking with its burning eyes right into Zechariah's own, Zechariah can stand it no longer. How will I know that this is so? For I am an old man, and my wife is getting on in years. In other words, fellow, angel or no angel, this just ain't happening. It is way too late, and what kept you so long? You can almost hear the angel let out a long, exasperated sigh. It is one of those don't-you-know-who-I-am moments. I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and to bring you this good news. But now, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time, you will become mute, unable to speak, until the day these things occur. Well, I'm sure that if Zechariah could have taken back his words, he could, he would have. Instantly, the angel's words became hard, cold fact. Can you imagine being struck dumb like that just when the most amazing thing in your life has happened to you? You've just heard the most astonishing news from God's messenger, and you can't tell anyone. Zechariah was a priest before God, had been a priest almost all his life. Surely he knew the prophets. But he must have had a hard time believing those ancient prophecies had anything to do with him. Malachi 3.1 See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, indeed he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. Isaiah 43-5 A voice cries out, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. 
Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Beautiful. Amazing promises. But can you blame Zechariah? After all, the promises of God often seem like they were written for someone else, not for us in our weariness. In a weary world that has run low on hope and light, there is no better place to look for relief from our weariness than the familiar ancient words of the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 9, 1-7 But there will be no gloom for those who were in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, But in the latter time he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them the light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor you have broken as on the day of Midian. For all the boots of the tramping warriors and all the garments rolled in blood shall be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onwards and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Isaiah 9 is painted on a very dark backdrop. The year is 732 B.C., just a few short years before the Assyrians pulverized and plundered the northern kingdom of Israel. As they see the Assyrians approaching, as one nation after another topples under the Assyrians' brutal regime, Israel and Judah are scrambling for security and peace. And it isn't only external pressures that are causing this darkness. The people have fallen away from God. They are so confused, so directionless, that they are turning to the dead for help. They literally do not know which way to turn. So what's the answer for a weary world? For a world that's weary physically, emotionally, spiritually, and politically? What's the answer for every weary man, woman, or child? For such a complex problem, the answer is starkly simple. A baby. 
That's right, a child. Isaiah 9 directs the heart and mind of the reader to a coming child, a baby boy, who is the king, the only one who can bring light where there is darkness, joy where there is sadness, and victory when there is defeat. He promises to shine a glorious, overpowering light into the midst of life's gloom and doom. God's answer to all of man's darkness and despair is a baby. As Ray Ortland says, God's answer to everything that has ever terrorized us is a child. My mother was a great fan of Queen Elizabeth II. I think part of it was that they were about the same age. Both of them came of age during the dark days of World War II, and both were young mothers at the same time. In fact, our sister Lisa and King Charles were both born in 1948. In December 1948, Prince Charles was baptized in Buckingham Palace. The following day, the first pictures of the royal baby and heir apparent were released to the public, One of the most popular showed the royal family, including parents and grandparents gathering around the little prince, gazing at him. The caption underneath was, All Eyes on the Baby. That's Isaiah's message to the weary world, All Eyes on the Baby. The ultimate reason for joy is centered upon a child. This Christmas and throughout the coming year, we have every reason for hope. In all the weariness of life, write this caption underneath, All Eyes on the Baby. Don't miss the joy under the mountain of weariness. In dismay, looking at the current situation, some might say, look what the world has come to. In delight, looking at the Son who is given, we can say instead, look who has come to the world. That's more than enough to shine light into every heart and saturate every mind with joy in a weary world. Let us pray. O God, keep our focus on Jesus, the light of the world. In Jesus' name, amen.
receive the benediction. Family of faith, as you leave this place, you go into a weary world, so speak tenderly. Do the good that is yours to do. Choose connection. Hold on to hope. And remember that Christ took on flesh for you. You are God's beloved, so go rejoicing. The world needs it. Amen.